0: that body raised from the grave, Lord, it tore down everything Satan ever had. His every claim on this body that we are in, Lord, it destroyed it, Father, when that body rose, Lord. And because you live, we can live also. Lord, today we just ask that you would help us, Lord, that you would come in this time that we're living in, Lord, it seems like Trials on every hand, Satan moving in every direction, trying to come from every side. But Lord, you said in your word, when the enemy comes in like a flood, you would raise a standard up against him. Lord, may you raise that standard today, Father. Michael shall stand up, Lord God, and defend your people, Lord. You see your people are sick. Let the word be released to defend them, Lord, in this hour we pray. Lord, come and move on their behalf. We ask it for your glory and for your honor. Lord, if there be any need in this building today, Lord, may they not leave unless it be met. We ask it in Jesus' name for the glory of Almighty God. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 10. If you would, 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3. Amen. It's good to be here again with you in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's always good. when, As David would say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It's an honor to be together and, and to worship him. And I know there's many that are having to stream at this moment. And uh, because of the situation, the, the sickness is going around. So we welcome them tonight as well. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. We'll let you be seated this evening. I can speak to you for a moment on casting down imaginations, casting down imaginations. Paul here, as we read, he said, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. When Paul fought, his weapons were not material, but they were spiritual, amen, suited for a spiritual war. And this, of course, is what we are in even today is not a natural war, but a spiritual war. It's a, not a war against any nation or any people, but it's a war against principalities and powers and demonic spirits. Amen. That would come and attach, try to attach itself to the body of Christ. The carnal weapons Paul refuses were not material weapons such as swords or spears or what we would have today. But the carnal weapons he renounced were thoughts which produced imaginations, which produced fear and anxiety. Amen. You cannot fight spiritual battles with carnal weapons. Amen. But you have to fight spiritual battles with spiritual weapons. And he outlined this in Ephesians 6. He lists the spiritual weapons that are at our disposal today, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, amen. And so to rely on these weapons, it takes faith, amen, to believe in these weapons that God has, has given us instead of our own mind or our own abilities or our own thoughts or our own thinking or reasoning. But truly, these weapons are mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, we saw how even Jesus would use these weapons when Satan would come against him and those three attacks, and he would come against him in his mind and begin to call a, call him a liar, call him this or that or the other, try to uh, uh, bring you know, him to produce something that he was not, not would, that was not written in, written in the word, but Jesus would always not rely on what he thought or what he thought about himself or what he thought about the word. He would take him to the word. And you know, and this is what we have to do to to, to combat the anxiety and the fears and the doubts. And the thoughts that don't line up to the Word of God, you have to cast them down. And you have to lift the Word of God higher than what your thinking is, or higher than what your thoughts are, and bring it into captivity, or bring it captive to the Word of God. Now, we see a whole world that whose thoughts are being captured. They're, they're being captured to, amen, pre- their, their minds are being prepared for one thing, and that is for destruction. We see the minds of men are being captured to such a... Point, Amen. That they were going to be brought to a place, Amen. And they're, as Brother Brandon was saying, they're getting in the spirit, but they're getting in the spirit of destruction, uh, Amen. They're getting in the spirit of being uh, brought down to death, and but you know, there's another people that also are being captured. Their thoughts are being captured not by the world and their thinking or what the world thinks about things, but their thoughts are being captured by the Word of God. And the Word of God is bringing their thoughts into captivity or into subjection to the Word of God and lifting the Word of God higher than our own thinking. Now, that goes against man. Man wants to be thought of as being smart or, or being able to do a lot of things, and they have done things great great things with my, the, man to mind, or the, the mind of man, but we want more than... Than the mind of a man. Amen. We want more than the mind of, of a great thinker or a great theology or a great... We want more than that. We want the mind of Jesus Christ. Amen. And then that mind, amen, what a power there is in the mind of Christ. In the mind of Christ today, as we can look at the world that we live around in the physical realm, you're seeing actually the very thoughts of the mind of God expressed. And the mind of Christ is such a powerful thing that he could place a sun in his place. He could place stars in his place. He could place this earth in his place. He can bring the creation to where it's at, wow, by the mind of Christ by the mind of God. It's such a powerful mind that we are to submit ourselves to that goes beyond what our own thinking could ever produce. It goes beyond what the greatest, you could put all the greatest minds that's ever been upon this earth and it will never compare to the mind of Christ amen but you know as we see a world that is being captured their thoughts are being captured their thinking are being captured and they're being brought to destruction amen brother Brandon would talk about a, a snake how it would catch the eye of a bird and charm that bird with its enchantments and, and it would stare into its eye in such a way He said if that, if that bird would give that snake its attention for just a few moments and be caught there he said it would flutter but it would actually be come completely paralyzed never to get out of its grasp. amen the snake will take the bird he said I believe that because I know of another serpent that old devil if he can ever catch your eye with his enchantments if he can ever catch your thoughts with his enchantments if he can ever catch your amen with a modern rock and roll or your fancy fandangles of the world if he can ever catch you young lady or young man just long enough to charm you and you'll you'll flutter but you can't get it loose he'll hold you till he swallows you up in sin and we see people that are being swallowed up in sin why because their mind is being captured their eyes are being captured their thoughts are being captured and he's zoning in on them until they almost amen, become zombies so to speak and they've lost human ability to even think for themselves and to begin to do the things that a human ought not to do Amen. We're seeing men that are so captured in their minds by the thinking of their spiritual demons of hell that are coming to this world and and into this age that we're living in until they'll go out and commit acts and and murders and, and do things that a human should not do. Why? Their thoughts and their thinking has been captured by that old serpent, the devil. But if this little bird ever had a chance The only chance is to get his eyes off the serpent if he cannot look at anything else because he stands there staring, but if he will take his eyes from the serpent and look upward and flutter his wings, he will fly plumb out of the reach of the snake. And he said, if you ever got the charm of the world, the things of the world, and the unbelief charming around your heart and tells you, oh, live modern, he said, shake your head tonight and look to the unseen one, the Lord Jesus Christ. Get your mind off the things of this world and get them on Jesus Christ. Look to things you cannot see because they're more real than the things you can see. Hallelujah. He said, he said, if that devil would try to speak to you and begin to woo you and say divine healing is wrong, he said, shake your head from that quickly. If he tries to tell you that spiritual discernment is telepathy, shake your head from him immediately. Look to the unseen. Hallelujah. If he tries to tell you that the word ain't right no more or the word don't have any power anymore, he said to him, shake your head. Yeah. Say, no, devil, that's not right. It is written in the word of God. If he says there's no such a thing as a cure for this disease, that's not true, Satan. It's in the word of God. If he says there's no hope for your children, that's not true, Satan. It's in the word of God. You've got to take him back to the word again. That's the only place a believer can stand in the hour that we're in because everything is being melted and shaken away. There's only one thing that cannot be shaken. That is the Word of God. Man's hopes can be shaken. Your mental abilities can be shaken. Your health can be shaken. Everything around you can be shaken. There's only one thing that cannot be shaken. That is the Word of God. There's only one place that we as believers can stand upon. It's not upon theology. It's not upon man's creeds and dogmas. It's only upon the word of God and when the Satan comes around you and it begins to put mind battles and thoughts you need to look at that thought and say does it match the word of God and if it don't match the word of God cast it down Hallelujah! When it comes, to put a thought in your mind that says this message ain't true, or or this word ain't true, or or you're not a you're not a believer, you're not a son of God, you're not a daughter of God. Satan, I'm not coming to you with my own abilities. I'm coming to you with the Word of God. The Word of God says I am, therefore I am. The Word of God says I'm saved, therefore I'm saved. The Word of God says I'm healed, therefore I'm healed. The Word of God says I'm delivered, therefore I'm delivered. The Word of God says I'm free, therefore I'm free. Amen. We need to have a time of shaking our head at that old devil tonight and say, devil, you've been telling me a lie long enough. I'm going to believe the Word of God. I'm going to stand on the Word of God, and everything else is a lie. My thinking's a lie, because my thoughts don't line up with the Word of God, therefore they have to be cast down. Amen. Amen. Elijah told that to Gehazi. Gehazi got his eyes on the wrong thing. We know the story. As he stood there and he seen all those Syrians army around him, it was everything being smashed down, everything he thought was normal. That morning became unnormal. Sounds like kind of like us. You wake up one day normal and the next thing is not normal no more. Amen. You know, I know there's a lot of hopes. I mean, you know, I'll be glad when there's no more coronavirus. Well, who's say it'll ever be that way again? I don't know. I do know there is a time when it'll never be that way. I do know there's an the end to the coronavirus. Now, it may not be in our, our time here on earth as far as this earth. This earth might go right into the destruction with the coronavirus. I don't know. But I know one thing. If God brought us to it, God will bring us through it. Yeah. Amen, he put it in his word, and we're gonna to have to stand on his word. It does not, our, our strength is not determined on whether things are normal or not. Oh, yeah. Whether we're having a good day or not, or whether I'm a Christian or feel like a Christian or not. Has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Amen. Our strength depends upon this word, right. the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen, you know, it looked like everything else, every, every normal thing was taken away in just a moment. He said, everything was smashed down. And here, because the man of God was able to tell the king of Israel what the king of Syria was thinking about in his bedchamber. He said, so he had to come and get him. He said, let me say this tonight. He said, that God still lives. He's just the same tonight as he was then. He can still know your thoughts and what you're thinking about right now. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Then you should watch the fruits of the Spirit to see, it, see if the God of history that's raised again. He said when this great crisis come, which always does, great crisis come, that then when Gehazi being just a lukewarm church member, oh, now we know what the problem was. His eyes was on the wrong thing. And Laodicea, as we're living in, what, what are we fighting? Not, we're not fighting no food or, or no this, no that. We're fighting a lukewarm spirit. Amen. It is soft living, easy living, riches and, and things in this life. Amen. It's, it's prophesied for this age. And so what is it? It's always against us, a lukewarmness. Amen. To try to just make us pull back a little bit from the goals that are given to a Christian. Amen, don't push quite as hard. Don't, don't enter into the service quite as much, you know. Hey, hey don't, 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 don't put yourself out there just as much. Amen, just lay back and, and just boil with the rest of them in the fire pot. Lukewarmness. This is his problem. He was lukewarm. But Elijah was used to walking by faith. And looking to the unseen. And he knew that God had said in the Psalms, the angels of God are encamped about those who fear him. And that was enough for him. But Gehazi was just halfway believing it. Come on, somebody. Amen, he was halfway believing it. He was just a good church member. But Elijah said to the Lord, Lord God, give a sign here. Open this man's eyes and let him see what's really around us. And when God opened his eyes, he saw horses of fire and chariots of fire and they were all around that old prophet. And he said they were there all the time. It wasn't when the eyes came open they appeared, they were already there but Gehazi didn't see him. Why? He was lukewarm. And tonight, he said, I'd say the same thing, that the God who stood yonder in the first book of Acts as he was taken up and the skies became under his feet and the same Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always. I will never leave you or forsake you. And the works that I do shall you do also. I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world. He's still the same God tonight. I say God, open our eyes. I say God, even more than that, break this old lukewarmness off of us. To where all we can see is the problems around us and the situations around us and we fail to realize in the middle of our struggle, in the middle of our trial, there's angels walking among us. There's horses of fire, chariots of fire. Amen, it didn't come because the problem came. It was already there before the problem got there. Hallelujah. Hey, listen, I want to tell you, I want you to understand. Before coronavirus got here, there was already an angel here. Before whatever disease is coming gets here, there's already an angel here. And the angel said, believe the word of God. The angel was there saying, believe me, believe me. I'm here even for you right now as I promised I would be. But every day don't feel like I'm on the high. You know, every day ain't like that. Paul didn't have those kind of days every day. Sure, he had highs, and, but he had a lot of lows. He would align he would them out there in 2 Corinthians. But in every situation... Apostle Paul found his strength in one place, Lord, God. in God. Amen. He reminds us of this load. He said, I've been in prison, frequently been flogged, severely been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. Anybody ever been here yet? I've been constantly on the move. I've been in dangers from rivers, in dangers from bandits, in dangers from my own countrymen, in dangers from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger in the sea, in danger from false brethrens. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Who is weak and I, do not, and I do not feel weak? Who is letting sin and I do not inwardly burn? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that showed my weakness. I will not boast about myself except about my weakness because God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Hello, somebody. Could it be that God allowed the atmosphere we're living in to be here? Hello, somebody. Could it be that God allowed coronavirus to be where it's at today? This is a little, little devil in hell named coronavirus. <laughs> God said, I got enough blood for you, too. Listen, there's nothing too hard for our Lord. There's, there's, uh, And all these things, Paul's like, hey, it's not about my weakness. It's about his strength. Right. If we can get our focus off our weakness and get our focus on his strength, that through our weaknesses, he'll be made strong. Through our sickness, he'll produce a healer. Through our our problems and situations, he'll come on our our behalf. He said, therefore, I will will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. He says here, the Bible says in Proverbs 12, verse 25, I'll read a different translation, but it says, an anxious heart depresses a man. An anxious heart depresses a man. Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop, But an anxious heart weighs a man down or depresses a man. Being anxious and anxiety. Amen, I don't know if there's We've had it easier than any age has ever had. Yet we got more anxiety and more fear and more depression than any age has ever had. Ain't that kind of a paradox? That we can have it easier. But yet we got more, as far as physically talking, I mean, you know, how easy was it to come to church today? It was a lot easier than what it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 100 years ago, keep going back, 500 years ago. It got harder and harder and harder and harder and harder. Matter of fact, back in five, maybe not even for that long ago, 100, 200 years ago, people didn't go to church as we do. As far as being 30 miles away, they wouldn't have showed up at this church. Take all day to get there, plus... It had to be maybe a special meeting. I don't know. Maybe in some of the revivals, some of them went that far. But on a normal basis, that wouldn't happen. Right. I've told this before. But, uh, you know, back then, travel was, uh, as the Bible talks about how in the last days, travel shall increase. It didn't happen back then. Right. Men barely went away, maybe within a five-mile radius of their house. Right. And, and they had to f- fight for their lives and fight for their food and, and fight and fight and fight. And today, we got it in a microwave but more anxiety and more depression and more fear. And the Bible says an anxious heart or depressed, it brings depression, it weighs a man down. But a kind word or the word of God brings him back up again. Worry, fear and depression has a negative effect on the body. Science says it, a prophet said it and the Bible says it. So I read you from the Bible, I read you from science. Listen to this, I, I just was reading this back, there's a lot of good things here, I can't go through all of them, but even, it says, even the healthiest people experience annoying little aches and pains occasionally. <laughs> yeah, the older you get, the more annoying it gets, more, less occasionally it gets. Most of us tend to ignore them or just learn to live with them. However, five to 10%, and they said, actually, that's probably really low, I said because a lot of it goes unreported. So it's probably triple that in the day that we're living there. So about five to 10% of the population suffer from hypochondria. These minor ailments are exaggerated into a major illness in their minds. Notice where it is. It's a science. In their minds, a headache becomes a brain tumor. A cough becomes lung cancer. A little indigestion means heart disease. Often dismissed as neurotic time wasters, hypochondriacs, constant fixation and anxiety about their health can be as disabling as a real physical illness. Ooh. Listen to this. Hypochondriacs become their own Symptoms. This is science. I'll get to the other in a minute. They have such an inappropriate uh, preoccupation with the smallest physical problems that it gets in the way of normal living and it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. Mercy, Jesus. We want to cast down imaginations. Amen, amen, amen. uh, Listen, it gets in the way of normal living and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Many of the symptoms that hypochondriacs feel are often physical sensations caused by anxiety or depression. That can go along with hypochondria. The constant worry will release harmful stress hormones and will then start doing real physical damage right here in the mind. The mind is a powerful thing. <laughs> I'll I just, I just be honest with you, I can't tell you of how many times somebody's texted me and said this one tested positive and all of a sudden I start feeling all the symptoms. <laughs> Your mind plays tricks on you. Right, right. Just on our little vacation, you know, I preached on a Sunday and we got in the car and drove seven and a half hours out to have some vacation time to get there on Monday and I got all the symptoms. And, I, and I'm like, I, I, I'm like, I, I don't want this. I got a vacation, you know. I, I I don't want none of this stuff. And I'm dragging and down, and and, and the devil's telling me all kinds. Of, finally, I just had to stand up and say, "Devil, you are a liar. I don't have that sickness. I'm just tired from preaching and driving. So shut your mouth up. Tell him what it is. We get tired. We get dragged down. We
1: get things. Yeah, that's all it is."
0: But the devil tries to put all kinds of other things on it. You know, when I did that, every symptom left. So let's go to the prophet. He said, all right, come lady. You're a very deep thinker. You're sincere with it with all your heart, but it caused you to be a nervous person, deep thinking. And you're very nervous. You're always taking other people's things and problems, thinking about that, crossing bridges before you get to it, building things that never happen. In that, it developed a stomach trouble for you. Oh, I was real sick, but really I caused my sickness. Because I begin to take on other people's problems and think about, listen, we got a lot to think about in this age we live in. And it ain't good stuff either I'm talking about. We got a lot of bad stuff to think about. The devil's constantly, have you heard this bad news? You heard this bad news? And always bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news. But there's some good news that outweighs it all. (laughs) Hallelujah. You can pile all the bad news you want to up. And you can put it on some scales and balances. And you can put all the bad news on one side and lay this one book on the other side. And it'll outweigh it all. Hallelujah. You can put every disease, every affliction that's ever been known to man and every one that's coming and you can put it on one side and you can put this Bible, one little scripture that says the Lord God heals all my diseases. Yeah. It outweighs it all. Yeah. all right. But the devil's there wanting you to say, oh, I, I'm greater. I'm more greater. I, I got this. I got you. I, I want to tear you from limb to limb. Okay.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: mercy. I wish I had the scripture right now. Where's it? Maybe you can look it up. Jesus said, No one plucked them out of my hands. I was reading it today. He says, it's de- All this has developed a stomach trouble for you. He said, Do You believe me? Then if you will believe, go off tonight and say, Lord Jesus, I accept your vicarious suffering for me. I accept your healing for me at Calvary. I'm going to eat what I want to and tell that devil I'm free. Hello. Some of that's all you need to do. Tell the devil, hey, I'm free. I'm free. Go back one more. I think it is. Go back another one. I was reading this today. He said, but you believe not because you're not on my sheep, as I've said unto you. I believe this is it. Go to the next one. My sheep hear my voice and know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Next one. My Father which gave them me. Now listen to this. Is greater than all. (laughs) Hallelujah In other words There ain't nothing the devil can do To get you out of his hand There ain't nothing the devil can conjure up In his old laboratory down there And bring any kind of disease Torment, spirit, depression, whatever To get you out of his hand Because whatever he can produce My father is greater Greater my father is more powerful. His word is more wonderful. His word will lift me up out of every situation if I will stand upon it. Because he's greater than them all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. He goes on, all things are possible to them that believe. You want to get over that stomach trouble and be made well? It's caused from a nervous condition. Now, you have to do what I tell you to do in a few minutes. Just accept your healing right now and go out of here just as happy as you can be. Hello, somebody. So, why are we worried and why are we all downhearted and depressed? Let's do something tonight. Let's go out of here just as happy as we can be. (laughs) Because God has done paid it all. Hallelujah, God sacrifice of his son. It whipped the devil and it broke his back at, at Calvary. He is nothing but a bluff. Right. And he's trying to bluff the children of God
2: out of their God-given rights. Right. Yes.
0: He says, you've always been under a strain like that. You've been nervous since you was born. I'm not reading your mind. I've seen your life just go back to a little girl. You always get scared. A lot of times things frighten you. Dogs or something makes a noise. One time coming from school, you just run by a dog. Isn't that right? Then when it makes you real nervous, you always feel that way and you're upset. Always deep thinking, crossing bridges before you get to them. But you're healed now. Go home. Eat your supper and be well. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you do, young lady? You believe with all your heart, you like to eat again and be right too? Wouldn't you? It's a nervous condition that's caused this. You've been more or less nervous all your life, upset, always crossing bridges, fretting about things. The nervous type that's caused an ulcer in your stomach, and when you eat, it sours your stomach and cause you discomfort, and you get, real, you get real nervous about it. It's getting you down in the late times of the afternoon. Isn't that right? You get so nervous sometimes, you can't hold yourself together anymore but I, if I tell you you're healed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will you accept it you will in the name of Jesus Christ I lay my hands upon you and according to the word of God you're healed. Well why't that if I would work for her wouldn't it work for anybody in the building today if you'll believe in the word of God according to the word of God you're healed. According to the word of God you're delivered. You say, well, my symptoms, I'm not talking about symptoms. Amen. Jonah had a bunch of symptoms, but he called them lying vanities. They're lying to you, and they're telling you you're not going to get any better. They're lying to you, and they're saying there's no hope for you. You're going to have another attack, and it's going to be worse. That is a lie of the devil. They're lying vanities, but the Word of God says you're healed. The Word of God says you're delivered. The Word of God says you're free. The Word of God says I can be happy because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Therefore, that old weary, depressed spirit has got to get out of the building tonight and run in the name of Jesus Christ because I'm casting it down. I'm casting down my thoughts, and I'm taking the thought of Christ. And Christ's thoughts are you to be happy. He created you to be happy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're strangers, he says to another. Do you believe me to be a servant? Between me and you becomes a table. And you back off from it. You got stomach trouble. You believe that Jesus Christ will heal you? Kind of burning there, isn't it? Ulcerated like. It's a peptic ulcer. They say it lays at the pad of the stomach, the bottom part. You're nervous, upset. Worried all the time. You're a person of deep thinking. You're crossing bridges before you get to it. Planning things that never happen. Mercy. Why do we want to get the problems before they get to us? I mean, seriously. I mean, they're coming. Just let them get to you. When they get to you, then deal with them. But why deal with them before they even get to you? They're coming, but they might not be even for you. But there are years when you take them on. And you begin to think about it and ponder about it. Then it becomes your problem. And it becomes your temptation or your struggle. And it begins to get, you begin to get nervous about something that ain't even there. It's the power of the mind. Crossing bridges before you get to it. Planning things that never happen. But why don't you tonight go and get yourself a supper and eat it because your faith has made you whole. Amen. Mercy. Would you do what I told you to do? Now, being that you're standing as another person all your life, you've been nervous. You're not a nervous person that shakes. It's not this kind of nervous that we're talking about. But you're a nervous person by thinking. By thinking. You're always pre-planning things going ahead planning things ahead usually it never happens that way man i can't i can tell you several times well, you're going to go talk to somebody you ever maybe i'm sure there's several that's Had this and you say well i'm going to say this and then he's going to say that then i'm going to say this and i'm sure he's going to he better not say that <laughs> and you got all your brother and he ain't said a word Hey, come on now. It happens with mothers and dads. It happens with brother and brother, sister and sister. Hey, man, we get things in our mind and we begin to cross it way over there. And, it ain't even, and you get there and you begin to talk to him. He's like, what are you talking about? Right. Well, you feel really stupid about that time. Because yeah. you got something in your heart against him and he never even done. Yeah. That's what the devil can do with his mind right here. He said, we call it, he said, usually never happens. We call it crossing bridges before you get to them. And doing that, you, form, you get us, you form the stomach trouble. It's ulcer. He said, now here's what you do. Quit being nervous. Mercy. There's no need of being nervous. Jesus is with you. <laughs> oh, my God. When I read that, you're talking about peace coming over me. I didn't even know I was nervous, <laughs> but peace is settling over me because we forget who's with us sometime. Don't forget as Brother Tim's been preaching. He's in the boat. <laughs> We're going through the waves of coronavirus and through the waves of this, that, and the other and political unrest. Jesus is still in the boat. Amen. He'll see us all the way through. You know what he said to the disciples? He said, let's go to the other side. He already saw them on the other side. We've already been seen on the other side. And don't forget when you're in your troubles and your trials and, and the situation, Jesus is with you. And not just with you as a bystander, he's even in you. Working for your good, moving things out of your way, changing situations in a moment. Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. God moving in impossible situations. He said, there's another one. He said, you believe, then go eat your supper. Go eat your supper. Your stomach trouble will go away from you and it won't bother you anymore. You believe that? Then go do as I tell you. Quit worrying. You're a deep thinker. say so again, how is taking people's troubles? Crossing bridges before you get to them. Always planning something that never happens. Quit thinking like that. Be happy and rejoice. (laughs) It's a peptic ulcer. Can't help it. Makes your food sour and everything else in your stomach cramps you. It won't hurt you no more. Go on and eat and be happy and rejoice and serve Jesus Christ. Nervousness is an awful thing. It hurts because it causes all kinds of trouble. But God can heal nervousness. Yes. He said, you believe that? You're a deep thinker. You're one of the types of people that's crossing bridges. You see a, a thing that's happening here. A, 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 what do you say? Pattern. pattern. That's the word I'm looking for. Such a simple word. <laughs> a pattern. Every one of them is the same way. Crossing bridges. Yeah. Yeah, right. Deep thinking. I said, well, I didn't know I was a deep thinker. Well, apparently some of you are. Cause you're getting way past where you are, and it ain't getting past out there somewhere where God says you're going to be, it's getting where you say you're going to be. There's a big difference right there. It's one thing to go back out like Brother Brandon went beyond the curtain of time and he went to the place in God's mind or you know, to that place where God and God's thinking, where God, where people are, and all these things are happening, and it's a real place. But when you take yourself To what you think you're going to be. Then you lost all power. Then you become your protection. Your trouble solver. Then you become your healer. And you become your deliverer. Why? Because you're standing on what you think. He said it never happens the way you think it will anyhow. So much for what we think. You always wanted a place to set your foot so you could, go, so you could get started. He said, you long to find that place. You're on the ground right now, son. This is a young man. You never want to come up from the manhood, a neurotic, a weary, upside down. You're too nice a young man to do that. That shadow now that's hung over you a few minutes ago and now left. I don't know what happened, but it's gone. Your faith has taken it away now. You're free from that trouble. Mercy. So many of them. He'd talk about. He would talk to his others of how how they came. To, you know. He says, "Here's well, here's a good one right here." It says you, you lay down and you in the evenings and your heart begins to race. He said it's a nervous heart. He said, you've been that way since you come to the time of life with menopause, nervous for a long time, deep thinking. Crossing bridges before you get them. planning something that never happens. That's exactly the truth. Taking burdens to yourself and never come out right. Throw that thing away and accept Jesus. Will you do it? Then, if you will, the fluttering will stop and you'll be well. Do you believe me? Hallelujah. I believe him. I've seen too much not to believe him. Amen. He talks about others that, 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 that had this nervous condition and said actually that nervous condition caused you to have acid in your blood, which gives you arthritis. But instead of seeking our own thinking, why don't we do like David and said, I sought the Lord. Lord, I need you in my moments of trials and tribulations and sickness and trouble in the age that we're living in. We need you more than ever, Lord. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Philippians 4 says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Another, first Peter says, humble thyself therefore under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety, your cares or anxiety on him because he cares for you. Amen. He told the disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what about your body or what you will wear. Life is more than food and body is more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Whew. Oh, my. Why are you downcast, oh, my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Do not not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. The Spirit helps us in weakness. That last one was Proverbs 3, 5. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit itself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance to the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose Romans 8 you know that one and my God will meet all your needs rough Philippians 4 he will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus so we say with this confidence the Lord is my helper I will not be afraid what can man do to me put your hope in the Lord both now and forevermore. As we said about Jonah, he had a real case of symptoms. He was in the belly of a whale, maybe 40 fathoms deep in the ocean, storm in the ocean, laying in the vomit up to his neck, seaweeds wrapped around him everywhere. He looked this way, it was whale's belly. He looked that way, there was whale's belly. Look that way there's Wells Belly. Everywhere he could see or feel cuz no doubt he couldn't even see. I've been in a really dark place in a cave and they turned the lights off. Brother ram talking about a man who could turn on the lights. I was, I was wanting that man. So pitch and black, you couldn't see. You I mean you couldn't you couldn't see nothing. Gone. Here he's that condition. And he has a choice to make. Do I continue to dwell in what I'm in, and look at what I see or feel, taste? <laughs> yeah. Terrible. wasn't a good place. Do I stay here in this condition and my mo- my my moping? I mean, here here he could have moped. I mean, goodness, he he went somewhere in a total different direction than God told him to go. Regrets? Sure, he had a lot of regrets. Symptoms? Lots of symptoms. He said, there is nobody in here that's that bad off tonight. Anybody want to trade places with Jonah? (laughs) No. You know what Jonah said? He said, they're lying vanities. I won't look at them, but once more, I'll look to the holy temple. You're talking about taking thoughts captive. Yeah. Do you know, could you imagine the thoughts that were running through his mind? Just even as he was thrown into the sea. Could you, I, I tried to put myself there, and I, I don't know if I can get there. I mean, even in my imaginations of being chunked out of this boat, and the last thing you see is bubbles going up. There's nothing you can do bound hand and foot been running away from the will of God and now you've found yourself in this condition and you, you kind of get you kind of getting down there and all of a sudden just before you can last see something you see this big old mouth yeah. and you go down to this throat into this belly anybody there tonight into vomit I, I don't know maybe i can help y'all understand but uh, anybody ever skinned a deer? Yeah, yeah. Anybody ever hit the stomach? Oh my. No. It ain't good. <laughs> I'm going to tell them myself tonight. I'm a little old now, so maybe they won't bring it back on me. But I remember it was we as kids, me and Daniel Matthew, you know, we, we always wanted to play cowboys and Indians. So we was in the woods as Indians, you know, with our bows and arrows and our... My, uh, Matthew, and, Matthew and Deb, I remember the story, halfway right, he was pretty young at the time, but I remember going up there and sneaking up as my uncles was over there skinning this big old cow out. I had him hung up, and we went over there, and we reached in there with an arrow or shot it or something, stabbed that old stomach and run. Yeah, they was gagging and carrying on. It wasn't no fun. Jonah wasn't having a good night. Thoughts? Good lands, what kind of thoughts he had. Regrets, mind battles, he had them. But he had a choice. Do I continue to go down this road or do I turn? Because there's a word that was spoke. There's a word that a king spoke and said, "If my people will turn towards this holy temple and pray. You'll hear them. And here he had to do, you're talking about taking things under, under captivity and pu- pushing them down. Every thought, every, everything he could feel, smell, hear, all the stuff that was going on, lay it all aside. And maybe he didn't even know what direction to even look. But he knew God would know his heart. And he said, I'm going to turn this direction. And I'm going to look. And I'm going to pray and God's going to hear me because that is his word. And God will not deny his word. He came down in a pillar of fire when that king had prayed that prayer. Amen. That temple was filled with smoke. And when he prayed, God had come down and confirmed the word that was spoke. And Jonah had enough prayer, enough faith in that man's prayer to do what he said. And he turned And he began to pray, and God heard his prayer. He said, how much more ought we tonight who's sitting in the presence of a resurrected Jesus Christ look away from our symptoms? Hallelujah. Look away from our thoughts. Look away from our anxieties. Look away from our fear, and look to heaven itself where Jesus sits on the right hand of God with his own blood and makes intercession upon your confession. When thousands and thousands around us, the world are being called called captive with the thinking of that evil one. Where is our mind at? Is it upon our our thinking, our thoughts, our feelings, our anxieties, our fears? Here's this prayer, oh God, give me men and women. Hello, somebody. Men, how many men and women we got here? Okay. Give me men and women with rugged faith who will not look to the symptoms or look at anything the devil hands you, but you hand it back to him. And say, I believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I believe in his all-sufficient power. I believe that his presence is here now to set me free from any bondage that Satan has ever could put on me. Amen. And I look to where he is at the right hand of God, ever living, making intercession for me. His own blood is a high priest. He sits there. How much more ought we be able to look to the holy place of God where Jesus himself, the mediator, the one between God and man stands? Stands there making intercessions for you upon your confession yes. hallelujah upon your confession listen your senses will lie to you your feeling will lie to you your taste your see your hear amen they're alright they're they're to contact this world that we live in but don't trust them unless they agree with the word of God if they agree with the word of God, okay. But if they don't agree, take the word of God. And what does the word of God say? By his stripes. Anybody know? By his stripes. <laughs> then when you look away from your symptoms and your circumstances and the anxieties and the fears that's trying to come in this world and being pumped through every news station every kind of thing that's being pumped out fear, 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 fear so I'm going to look away from that and I'm going to look to Him I'm looking to the hills which cometh my help because my help don't come from my senses it don't come from my thinking and how I can get myself out of a problem my help Comes from the Lord. That's power. It's the battleground. The mind is the gate to the spirit. The mind opens up and accepts the spirit or rejects the spirit. You can have the little consciousness, a little feeling, a little sensation, all those things. It has nothing to do with it. But when it comes to reality, your mind opens up. Your mind either accepts it or rejects it. It's your mind that opens the door or closes the door. And I'm quoting the greatest battle ever fought. It's your mind that opens the door or closes the door listens to your conscience, listens to your memory, listens to your affection. But when your mind closes itself to those things and let God come in, it blows the rest of the stuff out. Every doubt will be gone. Every fear will be gone. Every sensation of doubt will be gone. Every feeling be gone. There's nothing standing there but the word of God and Satan cannot battle against that. Casting down imaginations. What about you tonight? Can you cast down every imagination, every high thing, thought that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bring it into captivity? Maybe you've been one of those who's been crossing bridges. Stop crossing them. Quit it. Turn your eyes back to Jesus. Look in his dear face. Wonder how many would look at yourself and say, Lord, here to take every thought captive tonight, that don't line up with the Word of God. Mind battles, why don't you give them over to Jesus? Say, Lord, I can't fight them no more. I'm giving them to you. Why not you give him the anxiety and the fear and the dread and the stuff. It don't help you anyhow. It just weighs you down. Give it to Jesus, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Can I give you something tonight? All is well because God is greater than all. Let's sing
1: that with you. All is well. All is well, all is well. We have heard the message alone, and all is well, there's peace. A perfect rest Behind the inner veil So rest, little bride Rest for all is well Oh, all is well How many will accept that tonight? All is well And all is well. There is a place, a person. Stand to your feet this evening, sing it now, all is well.